Are the kids with me? I don't see them. Oh, they're there. I was thinking about time today and how our time is going to change again pretty soon. And we are all on a time schedule. And we think about our time as being ours. I called it our time, my time. But in reality, time is God's time. And so we have to come up with time for God because that was God's in the first place. And so actually when we do that, we are blessed and we feel better about it. But you know, it's hard for us to find time. We always, even, even in this time that we're so busy um, sitting still and staying in our houses, we make ourselves busy and don't find the time to spend with God. And so although this doesn't go too well with the, the gospel lesson, I think it's important for us to all remember that time is very important to God and how we spend our time is important to God. And so if we can spend our time thinking about God or praying or thinking about the blessings that we have all around us, then we will be generous people. We will be the kind of people that are described in our lessons today, the kind that get to stay in the kingdom of heaven. But we'll talk about that a little more in the sermon. Let us pray. Let's pray about this. Dear Lord, help us to keep our time for you, special and sacred Find a place that we can always talk to you and help us to remember that all the time we have is yours. In Jesus' name, amen. So we have this parable, the parable of the banquet. And it's an interesting parable, isn't it? Um, it's told a little bit differently in the book of Luke. It's a more gentle telling of this tale, but Jesus is telling the Pharisees and the scribes a parable. And he says, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to this king. And we start looking at it going, oh, this is the king. He has a banquet ready. He sent out his, his um, save this date thing ahead of time so they know it's coming. But when all the food is prepared, he sends out his slaves and asks them to um, tell the guests it's time to come. And so the guests don't pay too much attention, walk away. So he sends, them, sends the slaves back and says, tell them about the fatted calf, the oxen, all the things that might be interesting for them to eat. And um, I was kind of thinking, well, maybe they're vegans, huh? And they don't want that, <laughs> that meat. <laughs> I don't know. But anyway, um, these, these particular people who were invited, seize the slaves and mistreat them and even says killed some of them. 
And so the king gets angry. And we're wondering, is this God? Is this what God does? The king says, go out there and tell those slaves or tell those nasty people that they are terrible, whatever. <laughs> and he tells them to um, the army to go out after him and to burn the city and to level everything. And then he says to his slaves, once that's done, which I think that would take probably a whole day in itself. Um, once that's done, he tells the, the um, slaves go out and collect everyone else. Collect those people, those people under the underpasses, those people in the tent cities, those people that are standing in the park, those people that might have just lost their homes because the city burned, tell them that the feast is, is ready. And I'm kind of wondering, okay, so he burned the city and now they're gonna wanna come to his feast? Maybe that's why they didn't wanna come in the first place? They were scared of him? I'm not really sure. So anyway, everybody comes in and what's beautiful about this, of course, is that it is the good and the bad together. The saints and the sinners. All of us, you and me. All of us who want to burn that city when people speak up in ways that we don't like. All of us who would just like to go away and not have anything to do with the church because of passages like this. It's a tough parable. So everybody comes in. Well, that's the beautiful part, right? A bunch of people, all kinds of people, the good and the bad are there. And then the king I, I'd love it to stop right here. But the king comes out and meets the guests. And he's not uh, just glad handing them all. He sees one without a wedding garment. And he has that person banished, thrown out into the outer darkness. I wonder if that outer darkness is the same darkness that everybody came to the feast from might be a possibility. This is one of those um, passages that pastors usually um, do all kinds of mental gymnastics to get around because it just doesn't sound like our loving God. And we struggle with it mightily. But we're required to do certain lessons and I could have opted for the Psalm, the 23rd Psalm. That would have been nice, but I think it's important for us to look at all the passages in the Bible and have some kind of answers for them. And so I think you probably know by now, most of you know by now that the book of Matthew was written uh, towards the end of the first century. And this is after the temple was destroyed in 70 AD. And Matthew was in a conflict in his 
own this writer of Matthew. There, that actually wasn't the Matthew from the apostles. It was an unknown writer that they've named the book of Matthew after. But um, this, this person writing or the people that wrote this um, passage um, were damaged in a lot of ways by all the stuff going on around them. The temple had been destroyed, but not only that, they were struggling. That Christian community was struggling with the Jews who were um, trying to struggle themselves. And I, I like to kind of equate it to um, families sometimes as I've had issues with um, families after someone has died and the siblings get together and start fighting about who gets what or who mom loved more or who dad thought should have this or that. And I think it happens so often that it's one of those situations where each person is mourning and they want somebody to care about them. And sometimes in our culture, it seems that we think that our riches are what make us special or better. Those possessions that we got from dad um, are, are more important than our siblings sometimes. And so, I think we can relate to this passage in those ways, seeing that Matthew is angry. Matthew wants to see God's wrath come down on someone. But I think Matthew also calls us to be more aware of what is going on with other people of the kind of arguments we make personally and where we belong. So um, I think the best comparison of not having the wedding garment on is, is not having, not, not being dressed as Jesus Christ, not having the robe of Jesus Christ. Um, kind of reminds me in our world, the riches and the job and the status what would you wear if you were asked to go, if you were invited to a special wedding? Picture the most elegant wedding you can imagine. The king's, the king's son getting married. Um, it might be for you, somebody up in St. Francis Woods having a beautiful wedding in the backyard of their mansion, or it might be going to um, Westminster Abbey and seeing the son of the king of or the queen of of Great Britain or sorry the United Kingdom get married it might be an Italian villa that's what I think would be the nicest wedding to go to maybe out on a on a hillside near an Italian villa what would you wear I found it really interesting in, uh, maybe you saw this in, in um, one of the 
posts I saw this week that Neiman Marcus is advertising um, Bermuda shorts, Bermuda shorts that are made out of metallic leather. And the price is $2,995 for these Bermuda shorts that are, you can look it up on Neiman Marcus, hmm. metallic leather Bermuda shorts. I imagine someone thinking that those are just the cat's meow or whatever they say today and wearing those shorts to this wedding and then finding out that, um, no, that wasn't a proper, proper attire and not wanting to put the robe, the wedding robe over or the wedding garment, the garment of Jesus Christ on. We all do this to a certain point. We want to show off what we have. We want to look good. And we fail then. What we're called to do is to love each other, to love our neighbors as ourselves, to not lie, to not look at, over at the neighbor's possessions and wish we had them or even consider stealing them, to not kill. And, and not killing doesn't always just mean uh, to murder someone like that king did, but, um, or his people did, but to kill thoughts or dreams or ideas. We are called on every day to live in Christ and to live as if we're Christ's disciples. And so everyone gets a robe. Everyone gets invited. Everyone gets to come to the feast. And it's a blessing. But life is hard and we struggle and we don't see that what a blessing it really is. We're struggling right now with wondering if Norm's gonna come down with COVID. We're struggling right now with wondering when we can ever get back to our normal lives. We're struggling right now, each of us, with our own personal difficulties. But this isn't an easy passage for us to hear and at the same time, it's an important passage for us to think about because to tell you the truth, I think a lot of people are turning away from the church because of passages like this and us not being able to say, yes, but here's something else. Jesus says, the kingdom of, can, of heaven can be compared to can be compared to this king, this bad king. Too bad it's not in all of the translations, but it's in our translation today. Some of them just say the kingdom of heaven is like. And so we have to figure out where God is in all this and where we are in all this and who the actors are. And I think it's up to each one of you as thinking people to figure that out for yourselves. When I was um, preparing 
I read in my old Bible, which I love to just read from for some reason, I just feel connected to it. And I read this passage that we had from Philippians. And I had a part circled that I had written a note to myself in seminary saying, recite each morning. And this is the part. Um, I've got to tell you right now, I failed. I um, sometimes read this passage, but I don't read it every morning. And I think I should. And I challenge you to maybe read it yourselves. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. Do not worry about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and mind in Christ Jesus. Amen. May God bless you in feeling those blessings. Amen.